Hey there, welcome to the Grace Rancho Weekly Podcast, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and the why behind all we do here as a church. I wonder if anybody recognizes this voice that's introducing the podcast. You know, I bet they do. This is... Michael Shera. Oh, welcome back, Michael Shera. Yeah, you bet. You've been gone for a long time. Yes, I've been gone. I've not been here. I missed three Sundays in a row, which was uh, kind of insanity for me. Yeah. I've never never missed so much church. It felt like a long time for us, but for you, it's probably felt even longer. Yeah, I was out sick with COVID for a bit. Family got sick, but we're good. We're and back. Brian replaced you on Brian the podcast. Faithful, yeah, Brian faithfully filled in. And uh, here we are today on the Grace Rancher Weekly Podcast. Happy to be sitting here with Pastor Eric Durso. What a joy. It's a good day. Good to be back. I'm glad you're back and glad to be doing this again. All right. Let's get rolling. I thought Brian did a good job, though. He did. He Brian, did a great. He did a fantastic job. Well done. Good job, Brian. All right. So you got the, uh, you kind of uh, spearheaded this next topic. Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about the ministry of encouragement. Oh, that, so that ministry. It's like the ministry of the silly walk. I don't know what that is. Oh, man. Never mind. It's like the minute we're talking about the ministry of encouragement. It kind of relates to some things we've talked about. We talked about pastoral appreciation encouraging pastors in some way, but I thought we should talk about generally encouraging one another as Christians in the local church. Right. Okay. So how many of you listening to this podcast understand yourself to have responsibilities and obligation towards other church members? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Everybody's raising their hand. Yep. Okay. Um, I wonder how many of them understand themselves to have the particular obligation to encourage other hmm. church members it, to to be to take on that role to say I am here to encourage. I don't think it's as common and that's why I thought it would be something that would be good for us to talk about today. Um 1 Thessalonians 5:11 did we know that encouraging one another is a one another? <laughs> it's one of the uh, one another's. He, this is what Paul says in First Thessalonians. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And it's interesting that he says encourage and build up because I think they're very closely tied to one another. Um, there's a uh, New Testament scholar named Murray Harris. Uh, I've had a few commentaries by him that were helpful. He says that encouragement is one of the most important ministries in the church of the New Testament. Yeah. And we just don't realize it, I think. Yeah. Um, but um, Mark shared an email with us about uh, church membership. And re- I think the introductory paragraph, the guy who wrote the article, he was saying he has a little bit of a pet peeve when a church member says, oh, I'm just a church member. And he wants to I'll correct him and say, just a church member. There's no thing, such thing as just a church member you have an incredible calling because you have a great calling to glorify god in the way you care for for others Mm -hmm. so in one of the ways we're going to talk about today is 
you're an encourager. Yeah. And there's something about encouraging and encouragement that feels kind of just tied to the gospel. And because when we think about the gospel, we just think about the hope that's in it, the joy that's in it, the life that we're given, the fact that Christ has overlooked in some regard because he's forgiven our sins and just bestowed upon us so many good blessings. Mm-hmm. Encouragement feels like a very practical way to live that out and bless others. Ray Ortland puts it this way. Encouragement is what the gospel feels like as it moves from one believer to another. Yeah, I like that. What the so gospel as we give that to one another. What the gospel feels like. <laughs> Brian just poked his head oh. and it startled me. Brian. Brian's here interrupting the he podcast. Wanted to Brian's invade supposed to be the at podcast. school. And we're recording on Wednesday this week. And Brian, what are you doing here, man? Do you want to are you trying to make your uh your guests? Yeah, we're live. Debut? Wait, come in here. Come. Come say hello. I have been stunned now that Michael's back. <laughs> I like your tie. Brian, just came thank- straight from Brian, seminary. We're thankful for you. Better. You did a good job. All right. That was a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> that was an example. But encouragement is important, and it's what the gospel feels like when it goes from one believer to the next. And so often, one way we can encourage each other is the gospel. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but why should we encourage? I want to keep talking about that. It's interesting that the verb to encourage in the Bible means to comfort, to cheer up, to speak in a friendly manner. And it's the same word. There's a verb form and a noun form that Jesus uses when he talks about sending the Holy Spirit as a helper in John 14. Is that It's parakaleo, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, the paraclete, the helper, yep. that's the Holy Spirit. Parakaleo, if I'm remembering my Greek correctly... Para is the idea of coming alongside. Kaleo is to call or, you know, so I think yep. it's this idea of you're calling someone alongside yourself or you're calling someone to um, truth. Yeah, while exactly. It's kind of like the idea of your arm goes around the person and you're with them and you love them and you support them. There's a sense of empowerment in it. Yeah, you strengthen them. Yeah, I, I've also heard it put this way that, to encourage is to put courage mm. into the the hearts of others. It's a really good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's more than saying, hi, how are you on a Sunday morning? It's more than our brief interactions that are just generally friendly, like you would be to anybody, right? Yeah. Although friendliness is encouraging. It is encouraging, but it goes beyond that. It's, it's life-giving, it's empowering, I think in a way that enables Christians to serve Christ and to sacrifice and to live in a Christ-like way. Um, and like we said, it's a one another. It's a command in scripture. Do this together as a church. Um, and it's interesting. Our one another's are never scold one another, criticize one another, uh, hold sin over one another's head. Yeah, they're all very positive. Encourage one another, pray for one another. There is admonish one another and things yeah. like that. But, but even that's but, done in a way to hopefully encourage them toward obedience. Yeah, exactly, and for their and for their good. Because if the gospel is true, then we can be the most optimistic people in the world, right? Like we, oh, yeah. if if it's really true that God is the kind of God that He says He is, and, and that does in people's lives what He says He does, that He says He'll do. And that he's really taking us somewhere and all of life is going toward his desired goals and unstoppably so. Then 
we really can be so optimistic about where, what he's doing mm-hmm. and have joy. And then encouragement is helping people see reality. It's not helping, yeah. it's not flattering them no. and, and pointing to things that aren't true because the truth is, is that for everyone in Christ, this is a very encouraging world to live in. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it sounds weird because the world itself is filled with darkness and pain, but when God is the ruler of this and we know where it's headed, encouragement helps us see things rightly. It's not as if we're trying to help people see things that are not really there. We're helping them see reality. You know, yeah. When you encourage someone, you're not telling them what you hope they'll be. You're telling them what they are. Yeah. Um, and it's important to think of every Christian as being continually sanctified. And if your brother or sister, despite their faults, is in fact trusted in the gospel and the gospel is working in their life, then they're growing and you can encourage them in that growth. Uh, Paul kind of, and I think one other reason we encourage is because we see it in scripture. A lot of times at the opening of a letter in scripture, the author will include something in like in, in Jude, Jude two says this, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. I think it's a very sincere thought and desire and prayer for those people. And then you think of Paul, I think we just kind of mentioned this. Um, Paul mentions a lot of people's names, maybe like in Romans, he does a lot towards the end of the letter. And we don't know who those people are other than their names. And the fact that Paul called them a faithful minister or, or, you know, a a co-laborer in the gospel um, or faithful servant or things like that. And he's commending them and he's encouraging them for the very things they've done. And so I think we see examples of it in scripture. And also, so there's that aspect of pointing out the faithful and naming them. There's various times, I think at the end of first Corinthians chapter 16, that he tells people to honor the household mm-hmm. of Stephanus. That's right. I was just looking at Philippians as I was studying for my sermon, Philippians two, where Epaphroditus who risked his life in service of the Philippians, he should be honored. Mm-hmm. Like he's encouraging the Philippians to encourage him. Yeah. Encourage the Corinthians to encourage the household of Stephanus. And and so like you encourage people to encourage people That's is great. a ministry, one of Paul's ministries. The other thing I was thinking about as you're saying that is in First Corinthians, I've been reading and rereading First Corinthians. It's my reading plan right now, is to mm. try to do 30 book or 30 times through a book and just sure. soak in it, soak in it. And I'm uh, I'm reading chapters one to seven in First Corinthians right now. So it's always fresh on the mind. But what I've been struck by is, first of all, the Corinthians were not a exemplary church. (laughs) The Thessalonians were exemplary. The Corinthians, not so much. He has to rebuke them for their factions and their sin and all kinds of things. But what's fascinating to me is he starts by encouraging them. Genuinely, uh, he gives thanks to God for the grace of God in them, uh, that they're enriched in Christ Jesus. He points them to Christ. But one of the things he does, in addition to that, is he continually reminds them who they are in Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You are united in him. You have been called by him. You are not a natural person. You're not merely human. You are given the spirit of God that enables you to understand the truths of God. Uh, You are God's laborers, co-laborers, fellow workers. He's constantly saying, here's who you are. Do you not know who you are? And, and I think that's actually a big problem with a lot of Christians. 
that results in a lot of sin issues in a lot of churches is we don't know who we are. Do we really know what it means to be in Christ? Sure. And so part of encouragement is not, again, flattery. It's telling the truth about who you are. And in our reformed circles where we really do believe in total depravity, um, we also need to remember that that we are, there's total forgiveness and there's total regeneration and there's total, you know, in Christness, union with Christ. And so we are also, we need to be compelled to remember the, that we're saints. You know, we are in Christ and loved and forgiven. And that's part of telling the truth about people. The, the Justin, when he preached two weeks ago in Romans four, was it three, three, uh, mentioned this word for redemption and the word in Greek means to completely redeem. Yeah. Like we are completely redeemed and forgiven in Christ. (laughs) There's no, there's nothing lacking there. Yeah. That's just a really helpful reminder that it's it's not some partial forgiveness and, and sin is held against us, but there's completely forgiveness. That's a good principle to remember when you're thinking about encouraging. Don't flatter. Tell them the truth. Yes. But when you think about it, the truth is really encouraging. Very. The it, truth is great to hear. It's a primary way we can encourage by pointing people to scripture or just general spiritual truth. Um, I think of some examples. Jesus does it. John 16, he says, the father himself loves you because you've loved me and, and you know, you're, you're saved, but the father himself loves you. I wonder if we ever remind people of that simple fact Yeah, that God indeed loves you in Christ. Yeah. That's a really good point. And completely. You might have been a Christian all your life, but to have a brother look you in the eye or your lady, a sister look you in the eye or uh, however, it ends up working out. Someone looking you in the eye, and to say you can you you can use brother in kind of a neuter sense, just like Paul does in, in scripture. Yeah, brethren. Um, to have that person say, "God loves you," he loves you. I I think that's sort of so refreshing because many of us are like yeah. trembling little lambs that just sometimes question the care of the shepherd. And to be remembered, he does love you Mm -hmm. is really important. I think one of the primary reasons Christians need encouragement is because we doubt the truth. And we doubt the fact that God loves us, that we are forgiven. We feel like our sin hangs over our head and just we we forget the grace that is continually freely offered to us. And so we need to be reminded of it. And, And even for Christian to say, God loves you and so do I. And I really mean that. Um, I think of hurting Christians. And then of passages like Psalm 91, which speak of God being a refuge and a fortress um, and that his faithfulness is our shield. Yeah. Um, I think we need reminders like that in the Christian life, even when we're not in trial, like life can just be difficult sometimes. And to remember that God's faithfulness is our shield, that it protects us, that we can trust him is really important Yeah. because even in small moments of life that get difficult, we lack trust. Yeah. Um, we, we should, uh, I'm just thinking as you're saying that we need to be careful of being that kind of person that can't ever be encouraged, mm. that kind of refuses to be encouraged or refuses to let scripture encourage them. Yeah. I've already heard that. Oh yeah, I already know that, but that doesn't fix my problem. Almost being callous towards yeah. what is actually true. It's like, yeah, I've actually done that. I remember years and years ago at a different church when I 
was trying to help someone and it might have been my own uh, lack of wisdom in in what I in how I said what I said but I tried to encourage a grieving person with scripture and I remember just kind of being taken aback by the response of yeah I already know that mm-hmm. and and it really they were kind of refusing to pause and humble themselves and listen to the truth because the truth should comfort us. Mm-hmm. Um, now we need to be careful not to just act as if Bible verses are, you know, take this pill and it'll be, it'll fix oh, your, fix your problems um, and learn to receive encouragement as well. There, yeah. We, we need to remind each other of, uh, of, of truth, but it also brings up something and I'm not saying you did it the wrong way in that instance, uh, but people sometimes just need our presence. You think of Job's friends and sometimes they talk too much. <laughs> Yes. And they, they say things that are just silly because they're trying to figure out his problem. And and sometimes we can't figure out the problem, but hurting people need company more than they need words sometimes. And not really often. Job's friends were the best comforters when they didn't say a word. Mm-hmm. And, and they just, they almost sat and suffered with him yeah. and, and mourned with him. Um, yes, yeah, so we need scriptural truth. We need spiritual truth. We need gospel truth. We've kind of touched on that being reminded of our standing in Christ um, because we so easily forget it. Even being reminded of what Christ does for us today and intercessing for us mm-hmm. and continually working on our behalf. Um, when you're reminded of God's sovereignty. Um, and I think one particular spiritual truth that we often forget is reminding one another of eternity yeah. and encouraging one another with the reminder that this life is not everything and there's something better coming for us. Yeah. Um, that is a often forgotten reality. Yeah. Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. And we need to help each other in that. Um, there's a pastor I follow on Twitter. And at least once a week, he posts, Christian, we're one day closer to heaven. We're one day closer to our eternal home. We're one day closer to the place where the sorrow and the suffering and the sickness and the sin of this world is going to be gone. And it's going to be glorious. Yeah, and we need that sentence. We're one day closer to heaven. Yeah, that's a and we seven need to step it. packs a, a big punch. It's interesting that the First Thessalonians four, verse eighteen, mm. when he says, "Therefore encourage one another with these words," the these words he had just finished talking about the final return of Christ. Yep. So the encouragement was a specific kind. The the the, the kind of you know this is all coming to an end and all is going to be well because Christ is going to return. That was meant to be the encouragement yeah. that Thessalonians received. It's the same in, in 5, 11, which we mentioned. He's mentioning uh, kind of the, the, the end and, and the day drawing near. And, and that's, that's why he tells them, encourage one another, build one another up. Um, people need our prayers too, though. We can encourage people by praying for them. And I actually see it a lot at Grace Rancho. Mm-hmm. More than perhaps I've seen other places. I mean, like but, after church, people yeah. are standing around and you see them praying for each other. Yeah, whether positive or negative, uh, not, not that prayer is negative, but whether you're having something you need prayer for or someone's just praising God for something he's done with you, um, praying with people in person in the moment encourages their soul as you care for them and as you bring their requests and their needs before the Lord. Yeah. The fact is that God is intimately involved in all of our lives mm-hmm. and we're still sometimes just operating on a horizontal level as if he's not. And it just makes sense. Why would we not include him and speak to him as we are 
gathering together mm -hmm. about the various things that we're talking about. I mean, the whole point of gathering for the church as a church is to worship him. Mm -hmm. And then it's like we did our worship and then we break into groups and we're talking about each other and our lives. And prayer is simply remembering that God, well, the whole point we're here is is for him. Yeah. And that he is a part of this whole conversation. And let's include him in it and make sure we're talking to him and praising him and um, sharing our requests and needs to him. So we, it should we, be much more natural than it than it is. I think for some of us, it doesn't feel very natural. Yeah. I think it needs to feel more natural to just, hey, let's talk to God about this right now. We shirk away from things that are just personal mm. when we shouldn't. And I think that's why things feel that way. Um, another way is not just praying for people in person, but when you again pray for them, letting them know. I mean, just send someone a quick text. I'm praying for your interview today. I'm praying for fill in the blank. Yeah. I'm praying for, I mean, it doesn't have to be something they asked you for. I'm praying that the Lord's filled you with grace and patience as you deal with your young children today. I'm, I'm praying that the Lord strengthens you to work heartily unto him. Like you can just encourage someone by reminding them that you're praying for them for many different things. Let me ask you. And even praying for their encouragement. Pray that people would be encouraged in Christ. Let me ask you, mm -hmm. how have you, what's an, a, a concrete example of how you've been encouraged mm. in the last, I don't know, if I say last week or maybe the last few months, something that comes to mind uh, in, as, in your ministry here? Yeah, this, the, I, this wasn't someone specifically, I think, trying to say encouragement to me. Um, but while we were out sick, I think Frank Barnes texted me every few days just seeing how we were, we went over, you know, to Taylor's parents cause they had COVID and we were like, Hey, let's, let's quarantine where there's a yard and a big house instead of an apartment. Right. Well, he was like, Hey, we're down the, you know, they live close to us. And he said, Hey, we're down the street. If you need anything, we can just drop it by. Uh, and I said, Hey, we're not around. We're actually quarantining elsewhere, but, um, we're sick elsewhere, but thank you. And he would just continually check in on us. Other people checked in often, but Frank was really consistent and that was encouraging. I just thought this, He's caring for us. Yeah. Even if there's not anything practically he can do, he's caring for us in, in the way he's reaching out. Um, small encouragements. Uh, you might receive these at times. Um, just something after the service that someone appreciated. Mm -hmm. even, even it's just, I, I love that song. I mean, that's encouraging to me, not even because I picked a song, you picked the song, but I'm thankful that I was able to participate and lead that. In, in bringing the congregation to sing that in some yeah. way. And so, you know, people will say things like that, small, small things like that spur me on to say, I can't wait for next Sunday when yeah. I get to sing more songs with the church. Yeah. Um, I'm not speaking of myself here, but I, I've seen, uh, different pastors, different places, right. Uh, pastors gen like most pastors generally lack encouragement and i think that's true because pastors pour themselves and pour themselves and you're constantly pouring yourself into a sermon or into something you're teaching or into people you're counseling and then um you're like you do the thing and you're wiped and and, and sometimes people just have more questions or an issue and so you can i mean i mean you can just be drained but the encouragement is something that fuels i think and it's like putting gas in the tank of your pastor or your friend who's struggling at work or your friend who just had a new baby and isn't sleeping at all or your friend whose family member just passed away 
putting encouragement in their tank fills them up and spurs them on to live faithfully for Christ. And I think it's, you know, it's the encourage one another, build one another up, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I think we do that through encouragement. Um, and one sentence can just ignite someone's week even because what you're doing when you're encouraging, right? We want it to be specific. Like you said, we want it to be sincere and we want to give it to them. I think in person often so that they know it's true and we're not just typing something towards Although them. I've been very blessed by a yes. perfectly timed text message. 100% amen. Don't not text people. It's the easiest way to get something to someone. Um, but yeah, I just, I think when you give someone encouragement, particularly when it's something true or true about them spiritually, uh, you know, I'm thankful for this about you. I'm thankful for the way the Lord is working your life in this particular way, for how he's growing you uh, in his love for his word. I'm thankful for how the Lord has very obviously made you a gracious person. Like just things like that. When you point out specific, maybe even spiritual traits about a person that the Lord has blessed them with, what you do is you, they then feel like, I want to do more of this. I want to grow more in this. I want to bless more people with this. Not, not for them, but because they want to honor the Lord. And it's a lot different than criticism because criticism says you need this thing you did wrong and you need to do it better. But when someone says you're doing this wonderfully and that there's a, that's appropriate, right? Like honest critique. We need to be able to take that humbly and such. But when you encourage someone in something, I think it just bolsters that aspect of them um, in a very helpful way. So, uh, one thing I was thinking about while we were, while I was thinking about this, um, is Barnabas. Barnabas, his name isn't Barnabas. You know his real name? You already told me. Do we have anyone in our church who is named after the first name of Barnabas or the actual name of Barnabas? Do we? Do we really? I don't think we do. Do we not have a Joseph? I don't think so. That's kind of bizarre. Such a common name. So many Joshua's, no, no Joseph. I know. So Barnabas's name is Joseph. Acts 4, 36. It says, thus Joseph, who was called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, talks about how, you know, that's speaking of the early church's generosity, he gave something away. Um, it's like it's like the Bible saying Joseph, who everybody nicknamed son of encouragement, because he did it so well, because he did that thing. Um I just think that's really interesting because it poses before us. What are we known for? Like, if you were to get a nickname, oh boy, I'm, would it I'm be terrified. Son of encouragement, or would it be the critic, or the pew sitter, or the frowner, the frowner, <laughs> the scowler? You know, the accuser. That would not be good. No, um, the gossip, the gossip. Or yeah, would you be the encourager, the yeah. prayer warrior, the? great giver the the generous one the i mean those are the servant i'm preaching yeah. uh, mark 10 jesus talks about that he, he calls us to be slaves of all i wonder if someone would just even willingly call you saint like that that person embodies what a holy godly person is um so that's as we think about that convicting but Let's let it encourage us to be known for good things. Uh, and I, I pray the Lord would use us to encourage one another in, in our church. To be encouraging. So let's work on creating a culture, an environment where we encourage one another 
regularly. Amen. See you guys next week. Bye.